0: Christmas from the band The Real Big Fish and you're listening to 88.3 WXOU The Grizz Message 2 received November 25th at 2:12 p.m.
1: Here at WXOU we love the feedback we get from our listeners Hello, WXLU. I just wanted to express my appreciation for your channel. Whether it's a tweet, a text, or a good old-fashioned voicemail, I am a recent college graduate of Oakland, and uh, I just want to let you know I'm going to come by one of these days when I get out there and make a donation. Follow us on social media at WXOU, or give us a ring at 248-370-4274. I really love what you're doing, and uh, keep it up, for real. Like Your radio station is all I listen to these days, and I love it. I love it, so thanks a lot, and uh, have a happy Thanksgiving. All right, hopefully I'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Express yourself at WXOU.
2: Good morning, everybody. It is WXOU, Auburn Hills, broadcasting to you valiantly from the basement of the Oakland Center. Here on the campus of Oakland University, we are 88.3 FM, and we're back on the air for a Saturday morning sports emporium. My name's Justin Lee. Joined by Adam Swenson and Brandon Lee. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, Justin. It is a morning. It is in fact a morning. A
1: very very rainy morning. It's a different day than yesterday.
2: It is in fact. So um, <laughs> we're back on after a few weeks, as I was out uh, last week uh, due to work things, and um, so I, I've. Basically I mean, I mean,
1: I was gonna drive through a foot of snow to get here, so you know. Well, there was yeah. that clearly too. we still would have had a show. <laughs> clearly, it's like the guy in the Shining. That's what right. I, was, I was preparing for. Yeah,
2: there was that too. So, so between the fact that I've been working nonstop and schooling nonstop and have been really sick, I really haven't had the opportunity to pay a lot of attention to sports. So, has anything happened in the last couple of weeks?
0: Nothing, absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Turn up that Christopher Cross song, and we'll just, uh, <laughs> okay. we'll just. Uh play back and listen. Yes. Right.
2: <laughs> okay. I feel like one or two things have happened in the sports world in the last couple of we'll weeks. We'll work through it. We'll work and through we it. We'll figure it
0: out before 10 o'clock. Okay. We'll go
2: through the
1: paces. All right. Excellent.
2: <laughs> so, Adam, you said you um, you listened to our last show last night. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and uh we talked about oakland and men's basketball and um
0: we can replay the conversation almost word for word not a very good backcourt very difficult to to get into any sort of scoring game with this team because one if they do they're just not going to fare well and uh um I'm telling you, and, and we talked about the transfer portal killing this team. We had, we talked about it last spring when we were having that discussion. We're having a full meltdown
1: in progress. I, Justin's having a full meltdown with his chair right now. Similar, similar to the UIC Oakland basketball game. It's a full meltdown at home. <laughs> His chair was the winner, the decisive winner in this battle. <laughs> no, uh, I I was checking the the stats and it seems like uh the other teams keep scoring more than us and so yeah. uh that's problematic. But, but no, I mean I I think two things. Um I you know, I wasn't able to go all the way back on the uh the internet machine. But I did a little digging, and these, certainly the, the two losses they've had this year to Wright State and to UIC are the biggest conference losses they've had since they've joined the Horizon League. And I wasn't able to go that far back into MidCon uh, or Summit, but I I really wasn't able to find two comparable losses in those conferences either. I'm, was like, I'm sure if I went back far enough, I could, but, you know.
0: Did you do that during your nine-hour meeting yesterday or no? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, you know um, but but more focused um on, on the subject at hand. The refrain that we had in the last show has carried over again this show in terms of the season, the inability of shooting the three-point shot, the inability of really in my mind things being created by the backcourt. Uh and, and I think that, you know the real shame out of all this. Uh, uh, Brandon and Justin is the fact that when you look at Xavier Hillmaze uh, and and the rest of the front court, they've actually played pretty good yeah, they have, basketball, yeah. considering that there's a lack of support in Absol- in, in absolutely. In the Xavier Hill Mays is
1: an all conference player. Yeah. He's gonna go play in Europe. He's got an NBA body. I mean, he's he's a great player to watch. He's fun to watch. He's got energy. You know, Justin and I had a chance. It's now you know several weeks ago I had a chance to see the Northern Kentucky game, and you know. You could see that, you know, OU has pretty good size and they clearly had talent on the court. It's just there was no gel. There was no cohesiveness. And there were a lot of just very, very sloppy mistakes. Yeah.
2: And, and, I I mean, one of the things that we noticed when we were watching is that it was fairly common for Oakland to have one senior on the floor and a bunch of underclassmen. Um, And, and you look at, you know, they've got a number of 18 year olds. I mean, just flat freshmen on the team. And Campy was just, wheeling him in and out
1: in and out in and he out he he was 10 deep within four four minutes yeah
0: and when you look at the starting lineup even in the last, I don't think he had the same starting lineup in nope. the last four to five games
1: no and it's interesting and because I was I was kind of watching to see right around the Northern Kentucky game based on what we saw how he would maneuver the lineup because you know we had a chance to see it in so much detail and he completely flipped the lineup and took guys out that actually played well in the Northern Kentucky game you know Kangu didn't play at all in the Northern Kentucky yeah. game and he started the next game Scored 15 points, you know. Madison Monroe had, was a spark plug for OU down the stretch against Northern Kentucky, and then his minutes were cut the next game. I think so. It, you know, I think he. I think he's really just trying to develop for this team for next year. Uh, I think it's clear to him he doesn't have what he needs from a backcourt perspective or from an experience perspective. And so he's just trying to really see how he's going to shape this program over the next two to three years. I think one yeah. of the
0: stories to watch on this team going forward, especially the rest of the season, will be Rashad Williams, who was not able yep. to play. Uh, finally, he did get his eligibility. They worked through that. And he was one of the guys really from a transfer perspective was really thought to be. And, and, and there are some people that believe he will be the best player on the floor for them when the season is done at least from an eye perspective and
1: yeah I I think it was a huge loss for them I mean he was an established solid Horizon League player he scored in double digits last year I believe for Cleveland State you know he was like a 10.3 rebound guy so in that you know another year of development he was going to come in here and he was going to be a solid contributor in that backcourt and someone you could count on and so I actually have a, a little bit I'm feeling a little bit positive about next year in that I think Trey Maddox has a lot of potential. He's yep. an incredible athlete. Yep. I think uh, Lampman can really shoot the ball, and that will only improve as he gets older and puts a little bit of muscle on his frame. And so, you know, you add Williams to the mix, o- Oladapo, Monroe, uh, you know, uh, Madison Monroe. Some of these other guys begin to develop a bit, and then you know you might have the makings of a competitive team. Maybe not next year, but the following year. Mm-hmm. And and you
0: wonder whether or not you know we talked about it when it all happened back in late spring or mid spring with the transfer portal cumberland moving on we talked about this in the last show and we talked about what a, a real hindrance we believed that the transfer portal was to oakland and you wonder based on the play the reputation and again and i i don't think we can really understate the importance of kendrick nunn Having his absolutely fantastic amazing, NBA yeah. season going on, whether or not that that will help Greg Campy in terms of recruiting and stuff like that. Um, maybe this transfer portal might be a, a good thing in the whole scheme of things. Unfortunately, like guys like Brad Breckling, who has actually played really well during He's the conference solid, yeah. schedule. Uh, and, and Xavier Hillmaze. I think he had, he has one more year, right? He's a junior
1: or is I he believe, a senior. Yeah, I believe they're both seniors. Ugh, yeah. Okay. Somehow I thought we were lucky enough. No, to... I think no. they're going to turn over okay. their entire front court next year. Okay. So yeah. Then...
2: In fact, I believe they're both fifth-year seniors.
0: Okay. Never mind. So, yeah. yeah. I should have done. I know that, Brechting but... is for sure. And, Brechting is for sure. Yes. And, and yes. Xavier Hillmaze. I agree. Yeah, he's a okay. senior as well. I was hoping to squeak one more year out of Mister Hillmaze, but nope. Um, you know, and 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 and. and th- uh it, it's been a frustrating watch. I, I did watch a fair amount of the game before I got called out on a, uh, a, a request for service. So uh, the other night and uh, on Thursday, and uh, I was uh, watching the game. And really, when you're watching the game, just very specifically talking about what's going on on the court, it's very clear when we talk about the backcourt, especially because of the youth, because of what's really shaped into the season, you know, acting out as it has been, the lack of confidence on the floor is very, very noticeable yeah. uh in and, and in general just because of the lack of the uh, potential of creating one, uh, a shot, you know, and and two, you know, Maddock definitely an athlete, but you can tell he's frustrated definitely. on the floor, not being able oh, to, yeah. do, and it seems like, and probably because teams know that he's probably the one guy who can, they can ball, go can ahead the and ball, double, yeah, and create his own shot, yeah. yeah, and they can go ahead and double him and not worry about the rest of it.
1: Yeah, no, so. I mean, I think the best the, the the phrase I would use would be floor generalship. They don't have it. Yeah. And as as much as I think Cumberland is was, it would have been the best player on the team this year, and was the biggest loss on paper. It's actually Norris that I think is what sunk this, because even with all the youth that they still have, if they had Norris in the backcourt to manage these games now, I actually think this team would be on the plus side in terms of their conference record this year and would be competing for a three or four spot in the conference versus where they are now. And I think he's just that difference because I think he was so, so solid from a backcourt perspective, so solid in creating offense, shooting the three consistently. That was a huge loss, and he's doing quite well at Loyola, so all the best to him. But I think that was the, that was the big blow. You know, a guy like Cumberland from an offense standpoint, Maddox can kind of fill in there, but not Norris. There was no replacement for Norris.
2: So with that said, uh, we'll just keep on keeping on and uh, see where the season plays out. And and quite honestly, it's going to be about what happens in the off season. Yep. And are there going to be transfers? Uh, you know, and and I would say more likely, perhaps Oakland can go out and grab. I
1: hope, yeah, a guy in for the front court. Yeah, because there's um, going to be a serious void there. Right,
2: and that that's that's the big issue is they got some some kids for the back court that have some talent. Yeah, y- and you can see it you know when they're out there and and but they they need they're going to need that uh that front court presence
0: well they're at home today against iupui and then uh, they're on the road for three straight games at detroit at northern kentucky and at reich state uh before our well the reich state would be the day of probably our next show so uh uh i I'm, I'm not expecting a dramatic uh, change uh in the execution and performance yeah of this you know team. i hope they get
1: off they're on a, they're on a tough tough snide though right now and i hope they do get off you know i hope they i mean they're oh, they're better they're sure. better than their record i mean yes. this team is not going to be competitive from a you know conference standing standpoint but they are better than the re- their record and I, I believe that from a talent standpoint they're not they are not 30 points worse than UIC, who is not a great basketball team. Yeah, yeah. I and
2: I, I think somewhere down the stretch, uh, a nice win against another team that perhaps has a bad day, and yep. they'll get on a roll. Get a little win, confidence. Win a few games.
1: And yeah, and, you know then, and again, and this has killed OU in years past. Anything can happen in a conference tournament. That's true. Especially too. when you have a guy of the caliber of Xavier Gomez. Mm-hmm. Anything can happen. Correct.
0: Correct. No, no, no. They can no, they can no. steal the game. And no pressure. No.
1: And no pre- and literally no pressure and no expectations.
0: Right. And and if you are and 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 when you think about the conference, I mean, yeah, that that's where it's, it's almost I mean, got I'm one. sure if he has Cooks campy, no. He he does not want to be performing like this, but if there's anything, unfortunately, it doesn't matter how you perform in the regular season for this. It As really they've comes learned. down. Yes. It it, it won't yes. matter. It comes yeah. down to what you do. This year, down in Indianapolis.
1: Yep. I mean, so. I was as I was hunting through their their last few seasons, you know, they went on two years ago or three years ago. They went on an eight-game tear to close out the conference season That's and right. then lost the first round of the tournament. That's yeah. right. You know, and they had Martez Walker and Cumberland, and they were Ugh. locked and loaded with Kendrick Nunn and all these transfer talent, and they got bumped off by Youngstown State.
2: Yeah, and they should, and that was the year they absolutely should have gone to the tournament.
1: Absolutely. And they've had a couple. Then they had Kay, the K Felder. It was the year yeah. before. Same deal. Yeah. They got yeah. to the second round and got knocked off, so. Hey, I'm. I, you know, it's tough watching, but you know, I think the future is bright. So,
2: with that, I've just gotten a signal that um, we should be talking about baseball now. Um, <laughs> I feel something. You know, a buzz. Something <laughs> buzzing on my shoulder. When we do again. the
1: post-show celebration, I don't want you to touch any of my clothing.
0: Reckish, sure I not a problem.
1: Not a problem.
2: So, um. So this really has dominated um, sports for the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, obviously, you know, we'll talk a little Super Bowl before we get out of here. And I know, Adam, you wanted to potentially talk about the Wings and the fact that they remain the Dead Wings right now. But um,
1: Jimmy Howard has two more wins this year than I would have <laughs> if I were the goalie of the Red Wings. So.
0: I think you short sell yourself.
1: Potentially. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, so last season, try to like transition out
1: of that. <laughs> Mike
2: fires, um, you know, publicly came out and explained what the Astros did in terms of sign stealing. And as we've talked about on other shows, um, gamesmanship in baseball, long-standing tradition. People have been trying to steal signs for a long, long time, and it's understood and in the rules even. That if you do it within the context of the field and the players on the field, hey, that, that's, that's yep. fair game. But if you use technology or some other system to steal and relay that information, that's cheating. Yep. Um, and, and everybody understands that. And a couple of years ago, I, I very much remember watching a game and the Tigers, I remember Verlander was on the mound for the Tigers, and nobody's on base. And the Tigers are using a complex um, sign scheme that you normally would use when there's a runner on second. So clearly, they knew something was up. Um, And we started to see it more and more often that teams were doing that or going to a different sign scheme altogether. Catchers not even putting fingers down. They're doing a a more of a body uh, signing and things of that nature to try to throw people off. And... The more and more rumblings were out there that teams were, were playing games because you've got the replay system, so you got more cameras in the parks now, more access to replay, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, more access to feeds in the clubhouse, in the dugout, etc. So Mike Fires, who was on the Astros, spilled the beans and said, this is this is what they did. And the more and more that people dug into it and what have you, found out that it was beyond a shadow of a doubt true. Of course, major league baseball launched an investigation and all of that stuff. The Keystone cops. Great. Yeah. And, and and so there's so much to unpack with this, you know, one part of it is, you know, wow. Uh, What do we do with the Astros? Another part of it is, did the base, did baseball's punishment go far enough or too far? Third, is there more to this that we don't even know about? Um, and now, and then what's next? And so all of those things are, are fair game, I think. I think
0: they can't go that far because they don't know how well. I don't think they, they can go too far in terms of punishment. And did they go as far as they could with the Astros? Probably not. But the problem is, is that I in genuine belief that this is a very much more rampant thing and it just happened that the astros were probably probably doing it way more than the most and as a result and because if you really really come down on the astros and then you find out that other team car is guilty you are going to that, 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 that's something that major league baseball can't even manage and i think you know and especially too to me do I think the punishment was that severe from a Astros standpoint? No, not at all. I mean really it was, hey, we recognize it happened. happen. We're going to call out a few people and then we're just going to move on and move forward. That that was my takeaway. And to be honest with you, I think it's the I, I think in general it's the right thing to do because I think that's a Pandora's box for baseball and I don't think it, I, I think it once it gets started it'll go downhill and they won't be able to stop it.
1: Yeah, I mean I I I think I'm just frustrated and a little disappointed. I I just, you know, to me the quality of major sports right now is just so low. And I, it just it seems like we find a new bottom, you know, and and there's different reasons. With football, it's the quality of the game, the officiating, the prevalence of injuries in CTE. With hockey, it's just a terrible product. And now baseball, they're, you know, back to cheating again. You know, and it just it's it's frustrating because it's the game I enjoy watching the most, particularly in person, like, and it's just another scandal, and it's just going to drive fans away, Yeah, you know, and it's just, and, and the punishments, I, I agree with Adam, there's no, there's never a way to, to, to manage punishment in any of these leagues because they're not reality. These are fantasy constructions anyways. These little env- these environments, these ecosystems that are built around professional sports leagues. So how do you really manage what's appropriate from a punishment standpoint? I don't know that you can. I think certainly what I would have liked to see is just a year or two ban for players. I mean, I'd be fine with that. If they're yep. banning them for steroids, I mean, ban them for, for this.
2: And that. And that's where I, I guess I landed on this is how did no players.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's where I'm. Yeah,
2: I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, that's give him, just. Give them a year off. Exactly. Without pay. Yep. And and I, I think that's just uh, chicken bleep
1: on baseball's part. Um, I think I think I'm also gonna call it Mike Fires too. Why? Um, how, how convenient your your morality and your ethics it was benefiting you. You mm-hmm. got paid after you played. You were with the Astros. The mm-hmm. fact that they were successful and that your career statistics benefited from them helped you get paid. Helped you keep a job. Mm-hmm. So I guess it was quite convenient for you to keep your mouth shut then. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have the high ground when you're convenient about when you talk about it. I mean, and this is where, I and, I and I don't know how much he knows about it, and I don't know the degree to which, but at least Verlander has been fairly consistent with his criticisms of folks. But then you even see him, you know, pre- prevaricate when they signed Azuna, right? You know? like it's just it's frustrating you know these guys just they're conveniently outraged you know mm-hmm. and and do i do i am i at the end of the day am i happier that he said it of course i am mm-hmm. and i think it was a good the right thing to do i i am but you know i'm also not going to lift him up Mm-hmm. Like He's some kind of saint here because he benefited from it just as much yeah. as a lot of those other guys did because he was on the team and he did nothing about but it. But I do
0: wonder sure. long-term, and again, I don't know off the top of my head if Mike fires is human on a, a roster at, at at this point, but I wonder if he's basically— He had a good year last year, didn't he? But but I wonder I if he, he's potentially blackballed himself. Because I go back to my original statement. We really don't know we how— he need arms and r- we'll r- sign r- him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we're not cheating. We know hey, that. No.
1: <laughs> we're not cheating. I think someone uh, has performed some kind of like magic spell to reassemble I- Ian Novin's body, Nova's body, and they're going to throw him out on the mound. Yeah. But but, but, but I'd be curious to find
0: out what does happen sure. to For Mike sure. Farris. Because, yeah. listen, I mean, I think in a lot of ways, I mean, it even came up in that Jessica Mendoza uh uh interview where she basically you know took him out to the woodshed and said that you know it was very irresponsible of him to even be calling this you know the the inner sanctum of how things work in Mm -hmm. baseball out and uh um and and again she was not alone uh,
2: that was a but that part (laughs) is a load of horse manure yeah
1: that that yeah that's not my contention uh, right exactly no, the argument that Mendoza, you know, and Pedro Martinez are making, I, I don't buy that That's at all. I just you know, I, I just don't need, I don't need his righteous indignation when he was a benefactor from the cheating of this team. And that makes
2: right. sense. And you've got to look at other guys on this team, like Justin Verlander. And
1: you got to go, JV man.
2: What on earth? There's no way you didn't know what was going on.
1: You called out Peralta. You've called out Ozuna. You've called out. Yeah. You've been very vocal in ways that I have loved, loved over the years. The way that he has been outspoken. Yep. He is a superstar and has, has stood up for what he's believed in. But it's like, dude, you got a question. I mean, I, I, I... it's not right. It's it's. He seems like a guy. He is a heart of the game guy. He is a do it the right way guy, and he. Was complicit in some way, shape, or form with a fundamental, fundamental cheating.
0: How much do you think? And again, no I, interpretation. I'm I'm the last person because I am not a JV fan, in, in a lot of ways, and I think I've made that very clear on this show many times. But I wonder how much of it this is, you know, between a rock and a hard place situation where he, mm-hmm. where he where he arrived there, cool. I'm going to get my shot at the World Series that I so desperately want. And then he's starting to learn, pick up things, and he goes, "I got no way out here. I, I got, I mean, and, and I, I wonder how much of it is that. Yeah. And I mean, I he, and he's, I he caught it. A lot of criticism here locally for not going ahead and saying something. And I think the problem too, though, is that this is a chess game where, in my mind, only a few pawns have been moved at this point. We have not gone to the to the back, uh, you know, layer of the. Of the uh, uh, the rook and the, and Catholic and whatever yeah. being moved, and I wonder how much of JV goes. I need way more dust to settle before I start really delving into this.
2: Yeah,
1: I and think it, that's a good assessment. Yeah. yeah,
2: for sure, because he did. He came in mid-season too when they were doing it. So, uh, and they I, didn't do it every game. And it's like you know, where are those weird? You know, it's it.
1: I, I get it. I think you know what you ho- what you hope is that. What what Verlander had, and and again, I know it's a difficult situation, but what what in my opinion he's a Hall of Famer, uh, he will be eventually, mm-hmm. and the way he pitched made him, you know, made him a focal point of that team, mm-hmm. and he's a superstar and a future Hall of Famer. He had leverage. There was a power dynamic. That he had in the relationship with the Astros, and again, I get it. Like they have lots of stars on that team, and so it's not that easy. But there was, there was, uh, he had a platform and agency to go to management of that team and say, "You guys should stop this."
2: And and so let's talk about management of that team because you know, so AJ Hinch, um, you know, he absolutely got steamrolled in all of this, um, and you know, it's said that even in baseball's report that he didn't like the thing. He actually broke the TV in the uh, locker room on multiple occasions because he was so unhappy with it. But yet, it kept going on. He didn't say anything, and he kind of looked the other way as his bench coach was orchestrating all of this. So what does that say it about means that situation? The
1: culture of the Astros in the front office yes. made this an imperative. Yes, and that, and it was the general manager, or it was the director of data and analytics, or it was player development. Somebody up in those offices that was overlooking uh, somebody from, above him. Somebody above him was was orchestrating this.
2: And that, and that is to me what is super damning about all of this. Is this was organizational for the Astros, and perhaps that's part of the defense of fires and Verlander. Is if the general manager of, and we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. But 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 he got broomed too. And and if you suspended and then broomed, if that was the message being delivered from the head of the front office, it's tough.
1: Yeah. And and again, I, I do sympathize with the guys in that locker room that weren't, you know, a party to it or didn't like it. I just, in JV's case, I would just say Mm -hmm. he was a guy with agency and with a platform within that organization based on where he is in his career. He's made all the money one is ever going to need to make. He had gotten his World Series. You know, my hope is that and we'll never find out. But my hope is that he talked to someone there and said, I think this is garbage. I mm-hmm. hope he did.
2: I would be surprised if he didn't. And but... I hope
1: he comes out one day that he did. Yeah. Otherwise, I in my estimation That's... of him lowers. Agreed.
2: 100%.
0: But my question right now is how does baseball how will baseball be moving forward because I really in in my estimation did not see a whole lot of of fear being struck into all major league baseball teams. And and I guess being more specific, I mean we call Carlos Beltran, he got dismissed. Cora. We, we, Cora we Cora got j- dismissed. Cora got dismissed. We we call managers get dismissed.
1: They but, are th- three of the best managers in baseball. Correct.
0: and I, I mean, you, you talk about a, a Carlos Belt. Uh, I think it was Alex uh, Cora. Basically, they said that Alex Cora had a, a feeling for the game that he almost didn't even... It, basically, even him cheating was really kind of bizarre uh, just from the fact that his his grasp prodigy. on was, the he was game... A pod,
1: he was a prodigy as a manager. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? And. Um, but it's a win at all costs attitude in some of the Dodgers, the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros yep but but the
0: question will be what what can baseball do and and will baseball do anything to try to repair this and i i tend to believe that they're they're just hoping that it just goes away (laughs) rather than doing anything
2: constructive so what i would say is that we should trust that baseball's management will do the right thing just like they did with stereo oh wait Mm -hmm. oh oh wait so, yeah, no, you're absolutely... They're going to stick their head in the sand. And now, granted, if somebody steps out of line here foolishly in the next six months, yeah. they are probably going to squash that person. Yeah. So people are going to need to keep their heads down for some period of time. Uh, no doubt about that. And, and you know, when you... And, and now having gone back and watched video and what have you of, of the the beating on the trash can and all of that, and the, the Danny Farquhar video is, is amazing of you know how he just started stepping off because every time the catcher put down the changeup sign you heard the bang bang and he just kept stepping off like oh okay well we'll just do that again and and so if that stuff happens somebody's gonna get shot somewhere but other than that baseball's not gonna do anything and 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 i think there's more to it than that and i'm gonna put on my tinfoil hat is i think baseball is um is is achieving a level of willful ignorance here when it comes to how pervasive the cheating is. Um, not just amongst the teams, but even amongst the Astros themselves. And baseball came out in the... Um, and, and Rob Manfred even laughed this off when it was brought up that players were rumored to be wearing some kind of device on themselves, like a buzzer or something like that. Baseball said in the report there was no evidence. Manfred said, oh, people are, are funny, conspiracy theories, so on and so forth. And yet... The more you
1: don't pick a fight with the internet. <laughs> yes, I mean seriously. Don't don't pick a fight with Reddit in particular. Right, and they're like people like doing like micro examinations of photographs showing the buzzer. Correct, with a big red circle around it. Like, I mean, I mean
2: it, it, there is some crazy, crazy stuff. And one of the most damning parts is what you alluded to earlier, Brandon is is Altuve, and when he hit that walk off, <coughs> and you know, I mean, he was. Sitting on that pitch from Chapman, and 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 so Chapman, who was hitting ninety-eight that day, and you can barely—I mean, I mean that—that's crazy. And then he throws a changeup at eighty-four. Okay, he's almost unhittable. Yep. Now, granted, he left the changeup up, no question about that. But Altuve was sitting on that pitch, without question, because yep. there's
1: no way he would have hit
2: that. Yeah, out I of watched the. Park. the ad-
1: I remember watching the at bat. Yeah, I mean, like he's not going to swing at a fastball.
2: Correct. And and and. And, and you know what? If he didn't know it was coming, maybe he slices it the other way or something like that and still gets a hit and whatever. But because he is very talented, Altuve is. But there's just no way. And then as he's rounding the bases, he's yelling, Don't take my jersey off. You know, and he's literally holding the front of it. You know, I mean, come on. Why on earth is that? And then they ask him about it after, Oh, my wife will, you know, uh, you know, I get embarrassed, and my wife makes you know, fun of me, or something like that. And then they asked him, "How did you know that pitch was coming?" And he's like, "Oh, Chapman's really, really good, and and I was sitting on the fastball, but I uh, just gotta but, give gotta give a hundred and ten percent." Yeah, I mean basically <laughs> like was... to the,
1: to the Brandon Fra- Brandon Fraser from Bedazzled. Right, just try to give one hundred right. <laughs> and ten percent.
2: And and that's <laughs> bedazzled. That's
0: like a fantastic word, by the way. Go ahead. And, and I guess the last question I have, as far as this goes, and I, and and I think for Major League Baseball, it's extremely convenient, and just to to your point with the internet and the way it is and, and and whatever, I, I just think that in general, when I look at the thirty-two Major League Baseball teams, if someone said ten, ten to twelve teams were doing this, I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Neither would I. I just know the Tigers aren't. <laughs> I think we can rest. I'd sure. like to, and see, this is where I go. I was like, yeah. here's another way. Alavila's fallen behind again. <laughs> and we just start in, and I see no evidence that he has any idea what it takes to be a GM. You know, our our uh, on-person mic system, our buzzer system is, is lagging behind. And then so Justin's clearly. like, well, no, you got to understand, like, the technology they brought in uh, over the last uh, few yeah, years. That's and they right. like They hired a new sound mixer and a new editor, <laughs> and, like... They're actually communicating through echolocation now and that's going to give them like a 5 year head start and, and like
2: correct because they built like a, a t- sonar right they built a tank <laughs> underneath home plate at America Park and they're putting dolphins in there <laughs> right
1: okay so so let me
0: let, let me create this scenario
1: 2000. We just created a scenario where there were dolphins under uh, home plate. So what's what's your scenario? No, but I, I I guess lastly, being a
0: fan of your team and when you're thinking about being a Tiger fan, it pains let's me. Say, I know, but it, going back to like 2006. Yes. And had the team employed such methods to win? And they would, they did in fact win the World Series, and then afterwards they would have been found guilty of, you know, the the things that have happened with the Astros. Yeah. My question to you guys: Do you go? Do you, as a fan base, go? Uh, not exactly great news, but you can't take away my World Series, or no? I I don't want to be part of that, and I'm I'm doing my best to emotionally separate myself from the joy that I had yeah. after they won that World Series.
1: Yeah, I think. That's a tough question. I think a couple of things. One, you know, I'm, I'm partly happy that didn't happen because then I don't have to watch Brandon Inge get a World Series ring. Um, so that's always – I've always Jeez. just been very happy that he's never been able to get one of those because, you know. Um, wow. I actually don't, I, I don't know, but okay, I, but go <laughs> ahead. I'm not a huge fan of his. It might not be clear. Um, no. Oh, I, I got I, it. I, I got I, it. I, think, I got it. No, I thought – I actually, I've thought about it. And I think I would really – had they been one of the teams that had been found out I think I would. It would have been a coin flip whether I chose to continue purchasing into our season tickets. Yeah. Same here. Um,
2: yeah. yeah. If 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 that was the way it was going to be, yeah, I would have a really really hard time uh, continuing to be a Tigers fan. Yeah. Um. And it it would be difficult. It would really be difficult because I'd be embarrassed that they had won. Yeah. Honestly, I it's wouldn't a, even. It's a black be, I mark even, in history. Right. I wouldn't even want to uh, tout it, like. I, I just wouldn't even want to talk about it. Like, but
0: but but I think in general, what I would say is that if I lined up, a, you know, a random hundred Tiger fans, I mean, if I lined up right now, a hundred Astro fans, I would say that less than twenty percent would care. They'd be like, "No, no, the, the moment was fantastic. I'm never going to forget it, and yeah. and I'm going to continue being a fan." That,
1: maybe, that... maybe maybe yeah, maybe. well maybe 06, because of course they were playing. They were playing against the most notorious cheating organization, and you know, Major League Baseball, St. Louis Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They've been cheating for years in right. all manner of ways. Right. So.
2: so, and and that is and that is part of the story. If I'm an Astros fan right now, I want to know, okay, great. How much are the other teams cheating? Cuz that that is going to be a measure of of how totally. how much I care. Yep. Is if we just cheated better than everybody else, well, hey, yeah. uh, good on us.
1: Uh, you know,
2: and that—that's again what makes this.
1: And, and, and we'll see. It'll be you know, it'll be almost you know nine, ten months from now. And but uh, right now, if the baseball playoffs were on TV, I wouldn't watch a minute of them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we'll see if that dissipates. You know, over the next few months, I'll of course continue to follow the Tigers. But um, the the way that I really lock into baseball playoffs as I have the last decade or so, I, right now I have no interest in it.
2: Yeah, and and you know, I I feel bad for the Dodgers. Um because they've had some rather remarkable meltdowns in the postseason. Huh. That's interesting. Wonder how that happened. And yeah. and and granted it's it's of course not that simple. Right. And and I have some fundamental disagreements with the way the Dodgers run their organization and team. But you know, if I'm them, I'm pretty furious right now. Um I Yep, And and it will also be interesting because we also know, and this we haven't touched on yet, is there's a lot of players who are really unhappy about this. So we do know there are some teams who aren't... And they're very vocal. And they've been... Twitter, like... You know, and Mike Clevenger, who's never been shy, I mean, he came out and... Just tearing people apart. Absolutely. And it just makes you wonder how much self-policing is going to go on, too.
1: It it does make you wonder in certain situations next year where... and, And we won't really know, but in retrospect, the players know... When the Astros were guilty of doing this, yes, there is going to be some brushback pitches. Oh yeah, there is going to be some high heat. Like there's, there's going to be some bad blood next year. Oh, for sure there is.
2: And no, I mean if if you are Jose Altuve or uh, any of those guys, going to get uh, you're, you're going to be wearing some baseballs this yep. year. I mean there's there's no question about
1: that. So can, uh, can, can, can I, I, I mention one positive though? Randy pilot, Johnson, bro? 115 mile fastball, uh, 30 feet outside the plate. You know,
0: quick positive is. The Yankees didn't move forward, so that called good in well, my sure. book. Well, sure. Well, yeah. I mean, everybody's happy about that. But.
2: So, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see uh, what's going on. Um, yeah, what a mess. Yeah, what a mess. Mike fires, by the way. Um, he is under contract uh, with the A's for one more season.
1: He had a good year last year, did he not?
2: Yeah, he did. Um. Yep, he was fifteen and four with a three nine ERA yeah. through hundred and eighty four innings, one point one eight whip. I mean, that's that's fantastic. So All right. Um with...
0: and any thought, by the way, on the uh, hall of fame this week.
2: Oh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up actually. Um, Larry Walker, I mean for the love of God. <laughs> oh the, my the god. The fact that it took this long to get him into the Hall of Fame, and I'm sure I've mentioned him on the program yeah. before. I mean, just an absolute travesty that he was not in the Hall of Fame. I mean Okay.
0: I, I'm I'm that's pretty I'm I actually I'm a little surprised by that opinion because I looked at his stacks and I thought they were rather pedestrian for career totals. Uh, about well while
1: Justin's uh, consulting with the fact department, I'll just say that because I like to be petty, I really enjoy that someone didn't vote for Derek Jeter. <laughs> I, I,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't just, mind that just either. Just because
1: the overabundance of hype around Derek Jeter is just... And by the way, he's an absolute horrendous manager. Or, excuse me, a horrendous <laughs> owner of the Marlins. Oh. Like, the things he has done down there are terrible. I don't know if you, if you followed any of what he's done. He basically came in uh, to the Marlins, went to their current front office boss, the president... Had him fire all of the historical and institutional knowledge of the team, folks like Jack McKeon, who had a very similar role to Jim Leland, Uh, you know, all like the institutional guys, all the old, good old baseball guys, if you will, quote unquote, and then fired the president right after the president had to axe all of the Marlins, uh, you know, kind of, you know, core guys, you know what I mean? You know, the, the old baseball, the guys who had done right by the franchise. And what he's doing to ticket prices and the roster. I mean, he is a terror down there. Um, and so, it, you know, and then just the, oh, the ridiculous overhyping of him on the field, you know, and well, he was he was not good defensively. He was not good defensively. Yes, he's a Hall of Famer. Yes, but how much of it was because he was only Yankees, and how much of you it was what? because he had Soriano, and he had, you know, Cano, and he had Knobloch pre-throwing yep. 800 feet into the stands, yep. <laughs> you know, like, well, and of course a- the entire other roster... And, well, you know right and, and Joe Sada Williams yeah, and Rivera I mean Patton and Clement you know all the other guys are on steroids <laughs> no
0: especially when you look at his plate discipline like I compared his plate discipline to Alan Trammell and uh, uh, Cal Ripken it was horrendous yeah. it was absolutely horrendous his strikeouts was like two, he struck out like 2,000 times
1: Yeah, I mean and you didn't have to worry about it because half the time he got up there you know, he knew he was going to get good pitches well, because, of depending on where he was in the order, whether he was hitting first or second, depending on where he was in his career, like, there was going to be guys around him that were going to give him, you know, an opportunity to get some good pitches, you and know, he, and they he, were less afraid of him than they were at Giambi or any of those other heavies on the two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of the Yankees lineup, you know? Right. And, and actually,
0: he played the same number of years, his Trammell and, and Cal Ripken, and he had... <laughs> Over Trammell. And Trammell had some injuries over time, but he had 2,000 more plate appearances Uh in the same amount of time as Alan Trammell. And of course, you know, at, at, at that rate. You know, I of course he's going to be able to get the stack, especially as to your note to the support. I, I would almost and argue lead off. I, I would almost argue that if you were to swap Alan Trammell for Derek Jeter, the Derek Jeter would not be in the Hall of Fame and Alan Trammell would probably be considered one of probably the best one of the best offensive shortstops of in, in the history of major league baseball.
2: Well, there is something to be said for that. Perhaps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I you know, there...
2: Jeter's back control was actually pretty good and he struck out a lot, but um, he knew he was also a very good clutch hitter. Um, but the other thing about Jeter, too, is one of the smartest guys on the field knew how to be where he needed to be. And Trammell was, too. Right. Yeah. Incidentally, just just to
1: be clear. Yes. But
2: um, I mean, the, Jeter had a lot of good things going for him and he knew how to maximize? I, I, his I'm not going to go as far as you,
1: Adam. I do believe he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I just think that he is overhyped. Oh, he is overhyped. Oh, I, there's I, no doubt about that. I, I, I just can't change the situation. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm for not. sure. I, no, I, I mean if he if he plays for the Oakland A's, I mean it's a different story. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. And I, I was just looking at Larry Walker's numbers here, and I mean he he put up really really solid numbers. Not um insane numbers no doubt about that but you're looking at a guy who basically didn't have a bad year in in a uh in a 16 17 year
1: career the only thing with larry walker and i, I i'm happy he's glad in the hall of fame i think he's deserving i mean again I, and i hate to beat up on the guy but you know the guy you know harold baines right yeah
2: well you're right if you're I, comparing I, him to him
1: I, like you just there's no like but he did play in colorado and that's the one thing that I will say about Larry Walker uh, from a hitting standpoint. Where sure. I just look at the stats, especially in the mid '90s, before folks started to actually learning how to pitch in that park, it was out of control. I mean, you know, and and I Galarraga guess Colorado was like 384 pounds, and you know, rumbling around, hitting 40 home runs a year, it, just because the park was ridiculous. They didn't know how to pitch in it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I th- there is truth to that. You know, Walker's career. OPS is nine sixty five. I mean That's insane. That's ridiculously good. That's
1: like Cabrera.
2: It is. And and um you know, but there is How the many home the runs factor. did he finish with? Uh three hundred and eighty-three. Okay. So again, you're putting him in the top uh certainly top fifty all time yeah. in home runs. Um so
1: what was, what was his uh OBS?
2: Um it was four hundred. Yeah, um, which is very very good. He he finished career his war career with seventy two point seven. That's, yeah, that's a solid is, career. Is that's that's beyond solid. I mean that is. By the way, that's Lou, Lou Whitaker's is almost identical to his. Just just
1: to, just, put just that just to throw there. that out oh, yeah. there. A few less home runs. He
2: did hit a few less home runs, um, but was also a better defender. But anyway, did Larry Walker play in the
1: field? <laughs> he did, in fact. I'm he won multiple Gold I, I Gloves. Not towards the end of his career.
2: Uh, no, not not. Not quite so anyway I I've always thought Larry Walker was deserving of the Hall of Fame Um not necessarily first ballot or whatever else but he was one of those guys you'd look at every year and you would see some of the other people and be like but not him and and I'm glad he got in Again. and Jeter was a first ballot Hall of Famer Um based on the circumstances it is what it is and I do find it funny that people were whining about that he didn't get. Oh, I love it. I do, too. Um, although, we have talked about in
1: the past that that is kind of the dumb. The snide sneering of the baseball writers. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean,
0: uh, and, and I got a list of guys that were, didn't get 100%. Like a a- Hank Aaron, okay. <laughs> stop reading. Ted Williams, Stan Musial, Willie, uh, Willie Mays.
2: <laughs> is there a possibility?
1: And Ricky it, Henderson. Is there a possibility that there's just like an actually like a really old and decrepit possum? That somehow has gotten a vote and just like refuses to vote. It's just well, like, it's like, just constantly upset and is always looking for like trash and food. And it's just like, I'm not going to vote for anything. Joe guys. DiMaggio
0: <laughs> didn't get in until his fourth year. Right. Hank Greenberg got in
1: his ninth year. <coughs> Jimmy Fox in the seventh year. I know, because they were all like, well, how many of you guys fought in World War II? <laughs> right. No, Actually, Joe, yeah. Joe did fight him. And I was going to say so did Greenberg and Jimmy Fox they all fought World Sandy Koufax exactly.
0: Mickey Mantle Ernie Banks Bob Gibson Frank Robinson Harmon Kilbrew Joe Morgan Carlton Fisk and Eddie Murray didn't crack 90% that's
1: insane <laughs> I'd take all those guys over Jeter
2: absolutely absolutely and and so I, I do find it and funny that's
1: interesting it's I'm it's so interesting and I wonder if I'm thinking about Mantle you know uh, because Ted Williams was divisive.
2: Yes. In his time, and so like he some was, of the so, some of those geez. guys were.
1: And again, I'm making no argument here, but what I'm what I'm getting at is I'm wondering how the politics and personalities of baseball have factored into some of these things. Oh, you for know? sure they have. Because oh, if, we'll because have of clearly. because of the writers, right? Because if Mickey Mantle played now, he would be exactly like Jared, Derek Jeter. Like it would have been the same mystique and the same aura. Like I mean, he's mythologized now, but can you imagine? what He would have been like a, a guy like that with that ability, yeah. In, in current, you know, it's like a, a Mike Trout, you know, but with his personality, and you know, so
2: if he didn't end up uh in prison, yeah, well, um, you know, because they, they covered some things up, indeed, uh, with him, but um, and and you know, and there, and there's another great story right there about Mantle and betting on baseball, but let's not even try to open that can of worms at this point, but yeah, I, it for sure. All I know is Hank Aaron didn't get in. Stop un- talking unanimously, and 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 a great point, Adam. I mean, all those. Na- I mean, those are all. I mean, just Eddie Murray. I mean, come on, Carlton Fisk. I mean, that's just dumb. That's just dumb that you.
1: What they, again? You, and then the, I, Sandy I, I Koufax. Koufax. I mean, although gotta, his career was short, but so dominant. I agree. Right, I right. agree.
2: But still, what Sandy Koufax's war? Uh I'm going to find that out actually. Uh, let me talk to the fact department, but it, it yeah. So, from Hall of Fame to the Detroit Red Wings. Mm, yum. The Red Wings are not good. No. no. And no. in fact, injuries continue to be a, a really massive problem. Yeah. I I saw there was a, you know, the article the other day when uh Which defenseman got hurt? Oh, Green. Green. Green got hurt and Nielsen got hurt. And they're like, well, Erickson's Erickson's a healthy scratch. (laughs) Oh, dear. And then somehow we (laughs) found another defenseman. (laughs) (laughs) We we patched up uh, daily and got him back out there. Yeah, Man.
1: it's they're struggling. They're a bad team. Jimmy Howard, I feel bad for the guy. He's two and nineteen. His save percentage is under eight ninety.
2: And and Bernier getting hurt and too. And Bernier
1: getting hurt. It's a it's a terrible situation for everybody. It, for me, it just doesn't. I don't even care. I don't. It doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Their record doesn't matter to me. Uh, I love what Bertuzzi's doing. Larkin, you know, he's hanging in there. Uh, Hirano is playing phenomenal, out of his mind from an offensive standpoint. Yep. Uh, Zadina looked okay from a production standpoint. I mean, he looked kind of lost out there. Give give I, I I give Iserman all the slack and the patience in the world. This is year one, and he's already made a couple of astute moves. You know, Fabrini I believe is, yep. he's he's come in and played well. So I'm I'm good. Like they'll they'll win, and get a top couple. Of first, second pick, and let's keep keep rocking and rolling.
0: So a lightning rod name being talked about in the last month or two has been Dylan Larkin. Yeah. He doesn't have the captain. appears to be now, you know, everyone while you hear the mention that, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe I can a little trade him because he doesn't have the captain. Maybe he's not a fan of Larkin and stuff like that. Guys, where do you stand on what you believe is the strategy being used with Larkin at this point? And if it's more of a, a a, a gamemanship slash just kind of strategy to maximize what you can in the development of Larkin?
1: I don't know. I, I, I don't know that I know enough about it to say, or really understand what's true or not in the situation. Um, I'm the way that I think that they're going to handle some of their talent will be based on what they do in the off season around their, their coaching position. Okay. And, you know, you know, draw draw Gallant is now available, and I mean, to me, that's going to be the interesting thing: is to, does he bring Gallant in? You know, that's a lot of chatter online about that, and I think you know that'll be that'll be telling because I think if they if he keeps Blashill for another year, you know, I don't I don't think they will move Larkin, but okay. maybe bring in a different coach, a different point of view. You know, a former NHL guy, a a hard driver, and you know, maybe, but I don't see them getting rid of Larkin.
2: No, yeah. neither do I. I, I think. I think they're going to keep going. He's got a ton of talent. He's still super young. Um, you know, technically speaking, Zetterberg is still on the team too uh, because he's actually on long term IR. So um, he's still technically the captain of the club. So it's a kind of a convenient mm-hmm. way of saying, "Hey, we're not going to mess with that. We're just going to address the three alternates because they don't want to." Ha- Larkin is maybe not ready. To be the captain yet? But, Clearly, I mean,
1: but, he he said some stupid things. Yeah, around the All Star game, so
2: so it 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 um, you know it it's they're they're grooming him. They're, yeah,
1: they're... I it's the kind of thing I, I don't I don't think folks should worry about it. I mean, I feel bad for the the super super diehard Wings fans that are trying to gut out those games. You know, I, I feel their pain going to Tigers games, but I I have a lot of confidence in Iserman. Me too. You know, and I think they've got a great. stable of young guys who are in the majors showing their ability now and I think that's the difference between them and the Tigers right now is you can see the the initial beginnings of a core there you know And, Mm -hmm. and again Stevie has more to work with than Avila did but nevertheless you know you see it you see the future there seems yep. to
0: be, in Red Wing Nation, maybe I'm not perceiving it correctly, but I'll put it out there nonetheless, a, a bit of a divide in terms of what they want from Philip Zudina. Uh, You know, and he goes out, and to, to your point, you know, a, a good stat line, but at times doesn't appear to know exactly his spot on, on the ice at, at, at all times. Okay. And, of course, a lot of that has to do with youth and, 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 and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, unfortunately, you can't teach feel. free. For the game, at the same yeah. time, the question is: Where do you guys stand on are Are, are we, are, are you guys? Hey, we're we're good with continuing down the Philip Zadina, still staying a Red Wing path, or are you guys all right with the idea of maybe trading him away? if? if uh...
1: No, I think he should be a Red Wing. I mean, I think when I again having confidence in ice, I mean, he knows how to assemble a team, and he knows that Zadina is a potential forty goal scorer. And yeah, he's not going to play any defense, and he's not going to look good out there sometimes. But you know. God, yeah. so many guys have <coughs> won rings and been huge contributors to teams doing exactly that. Iserman did exactly that for a while until some, they forced him to play defense. You know, I he, okay. he's an he's undersized guy. He's never going to be, you know, a great defender. He's never going to be a physical presence. But I think he can score 40 goals in this league.
2: So, yeah, and he's still, what, only 19, I think? Yeah. Um, and he's already up and scoring basically a half point a game pace. Yep. Um clearly he's got offensive skills. And um and I think the reason why he's playing besides the fact the wings have a lot of injuries, obviously, but the reason why he's in Detroit is they want to see what he can do. And Iserman wants to see what he can do at the NHL level. Yeah. How much talent? Understanding, yeah, he's not gonna play defense, he's gonna get tossed around. Understanding those things, but what is his presence on the ice like?
1: Yeah, and, and I guess I'll say I'll say this, I guess to so more directly If Iserman feels there's a right move there to get a franchise goalie, to get a a comparable forward that fits better into the scheme or a number one defenseman, and and Zadina needs to be a centerpiece of that move, then do it. I mean, build the team how you think it needs to be built. He's just an asset. I think he's a good asset. He's one that we can get something in return for, or he's someone that can score a lot of goals for this team. Yep, no doubt about it. Okay. Mm -hmm.
0: And if uh, um, the trade deadline for um, the uh, uh, NHL is a little later, uh, yeah. a lot later than a um, later than normal, like late like March or in the middle of March, so yeah. we really what are, what's the expectation for you guys in mean, terms guys that might be on that list as of now from the Red Wings to trade for first I round don't draft picks? No,
1: I don't. I actually my my belief is because of the injuries. Because Eisenman really hasn't had a chance to see this team healthy and the way it's assembled and how they're playing together, I think he's actually going to be a bit quieter than he perhaps will want to be. Okay. Yeah, I, think he, I think I think clearly he wants to recycle. You know, he want, recycling is his strategy and to continue to amass draft picks. I just don't know that he's gonna. He'll have enough information to do how do it as well as he might like.
2: Right. And so he he will try to move anybody he can. I just don't think there's a lot of guys he can move. Maybe Glenn Denning.
1: Um, yeah. Okay. And some some of these guys aren't playing well enough. I mean, I hope you have, and you know, the Tigers have have had a couple examples of this is that, you know, a reclamation project or a guy like Abdulkader shows flashes of previous ability enough that a contender takes a swing at him, you know, you know, a Leonis Martin, you know, comes in and, you know, kind of flashes, you know, where he was earlier in his career, but the guys like Abdulkader, or, you know, Glenn Denning are not showing it. So it's makes it hard. Right.
2: You know Helm possibly too, Helm. but again, some of their contracts and Helm's having a pretty decent year. Yeah, he is.
1: Um,
2: I can see him getting moved, <coughs> but some of the excuse me, some of the contracts are they're tough, prohibitive too. Yep. But that's why this off is going to be super interesting. Josh
1: Smith uh, is available from the Pistons. Thanks. After the season. After the season. Um, just in case he's also playing in the Big Three, which Ooh. is the three-on-three league. yeah um,
2: so the, the wings get to stop paying for Stephen Weiss after this season. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but but this off season, I think what you'll see is you will see some buyouts of some of these longer contracts. I, I would be shocked if Nielsen's contract didn't get bought out. Um, and so and they're they're going to just start just start jettisoning. Yep. Uh, some of get these get the guys.
1: finances in order. Yeah. So
2: we've got a couple minutes left. Anything else you guys wanted to touch on before? we're little,
0: out of here a little bit of super bowl action next oh yeah week. that's right there's that, that yeah. game um, isn't it? san francisco it? Uh, they prevailed uh with not a whole lot of effort other than uh rahima start uh running all over the field last yeah. week against the packers uh they will go up against uh andy Reid uh in his second super bowl uh the first one is a kansas city chiefs uh head coach uh with him and pat mahomes heading to miami uh, to in my mind, uh, after they uh, went ahead and defeated the Tennessee Titans, who just, I, before we get into the Super Bowl, I do want to talk about the Titans for a little bit. They massively just, they, you know, we talked about the game on the last show them going to New England, and we felt like that was going to be a pretty tight game just based on uh, uh, Bill Belichick struggling against former coaches of, of his. Um, and, but then for them, uh, um, you know, for the Titans, really, do go ahead and and find themselves in 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 that big game. Yeah, uh, and it, I think
1: you know, I think, and again, not not to use this as a way to bash the Lions as I often do, but I will. You know, this is a team that benched their starting quarterback, that lost their star tight end for the season, and lost one of their star players in the secondary for the season. They started two and four, and they found a way to scratch out 9 wins and get into the playoffs. They did one thing really well and that was run block and run. They actually were terrible at pass blocking. They didn't have a great secondary. They had a team in a talent level comparable to the Lions. They just found a way to do something well and you win a couple of games, you know. Just it's not that hard. We just can't seem to figure it out here. Well, I'll I'll,
0: I'll, I'll say this defensively, obviously, and, and, you know, they went in and, and, you know, I think the prevailing thought was Baltimore was going to end up, it was going to be Baltimore, Kansas City, and it was going to be a very tight game going into uh, the AFC championship game. They massively, from a defensive standpoint, went ahead and just basically contained Lamar Jackson In, 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 in that game. Uh, basically saying, hey, fine, we'll we'll force you to be a pocket passer in this game, and it just didn't work
1: out. And, and, and by the way, like, and this is where, and I, I mean, I recognize he's a very good player, but, like, there's 25 years of historic, there's history here of how to control and contain these guys. Yeah. Every year, it's every couple of years, it's Vick or it's McNabb or it's Lamar Jackson. Every, the same things happen in the playoffs every single time. And they overhype these guys, and then they get into the playoffs, and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's not that we're going to just do this. And, you were gonna, and sometimes a guy like McNabb can pull through, Yep. you know, and, 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 or a Cam Newton can pull through and throw well enough to get to a Super Bowl. But, like, you know, there, there's, there is no silver bullet in the NFL.
0: So, so now we're going to move on to the quickest conversation regarding the Super Bowl that will happen between now and the game. Two minutes here. All
1: right. I'll go. Um, if they can block San Francisco's defensive line well, the Chiefs will win. If they cannot, they will get run over.
0: I think from a chief standpoint, really, and and it's so elementary. But first off, if if they force uh, San Francisco into a uh, passing, forcing Jimmy Garoppolo to win that ball game, mm-hmm. could be very difficult in my mind for the 49ers to win. And I think, I mean, you've got to put Aiden in the box and go, say, Jimmy, you've got to beat us. Can he do it? Yes. When he you can, look yeah. at, at at Sanders and when you look at uh, Samuel's, they're very and obviously and oh by the way, George Kittle. Yeah. Um. Um. But but you're you're really putting them in that situation. And Kansas City's defense has played very very they well. They have down the stretch. down the stretch. They've been incredible. Right. And on they and were they, a sieve earlier in the year. Now right.
1: They are. They're playing really well. They have a lot of veteran talent. What I'm
0: very curious about, though, is what does San Francisco defense do to figure out how to contain Pat Mahomes? Yeah, And and I think, you know, as I'm talking about this game, I do believe that in the end, it will be Kansas City prevailing because I believe that Andy Reid has the advantage in two weeks preparing for this game. But that um, and, and and it would be in my mind what I want Same. And I've got to balance what I want versus reality what I do want again though is Andy Reid the winner I think Ball.
1: Pat Mahomes is his ability once he got over his knee injury to use his legs again is just confounded teams down the stretch yes when he's able to run for 50 60 yards a game and throw for 300 a game like you can't you can't contain him. Because you've got speedsters running all over the field, they're spreading defenses out like crazy, and then there's 20 yards open in front of a guy like Pat Mahomes who's just zip, zipping through there. And, so, and and, and really, right. in general,
0: lastly, the big problem will be the the lack of a running game outside of Mahomes. Yeah, for King City. So. yeah,
2: no, certainly true. And I think it's actually going to be a very close game, a very good game, um, but I would expect the Chiefs to win. But. Yeah, you know, Just a r-
1: quick historical, as I was going through, my, I was on a stats thing this week, Pat Mahomes for two seasons, 9,500 yards, 76 touchdowns against 18 interceptions with 500 yards rushing. That's insane. He's good. Pretty good. It's historically good.
2: And with that said, <laughs> and that exciting analysis.
1: You're, you're welcome. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. I was
2: talking about my analysis. He's good.
1: Can we talk about the Lions some more? No. They can't do anything right well they're not a good team and i don't think they're They're very well coached coached.
2: right with that said that's going to wrap us up for this edition of the saturday morning sports emporium we'll be back on in a couple of saturdays so we'll have a super bowl wrap-up and then lord knows what else will be going on around that point in time um it might not be pretty that's indeed (laughs) that that much i can say so, for Brandon no Lee peasants. and Adams Swenson, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My name's Justin Lee. Thanks for listening to the Saturday Morning Sports Emporium.